stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well. But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here are your hosts, Gary and Ted. Good morning. My name is Gary Ray, and our co-host is not Ted today. It's Linda Crater, President and CEO of VeteransCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning, Gary Ray. I'm doing just fine today. Thank you for asking. Good. I hope you had a great weekend. Excellent. Um, I heard the weather was really nice up in Maryland. We jumped right to summer. Oh, I bet you did. I bet you're enjoying it, too. Very much. <laughs> well, you know, we this is our fifth mini-series. I did count them. Uh, this is our fifth one, and this is about helping our combat veterans in transition. We have two really great guests with us today. Rick Collins, a British veteran and founder and executive director of Vets360.org. They not only help our young combat veterans, but they also focus on reducing veteran suicide levels through our program of through the program of engagement, education, employment, and healing. Good morning, sir. Good morning. All right. Along with Rick Collins, we have Sergeant Major Jim Kiken, United States Marine Corps, retired. He is a highly decorated combat wounded United States Marine who served in a peacetime and in multiple wars on active duty and in the reserves for a total of 30 years. He also has a distinguished and highly successful career in law enforcement and public service, service on the front lines of our southern borders and in Los Angeles working with gangs, international fugitives, organized crime, and counter-terrorists. Now, is that somebody you don't want to mess with? 
Good morning, sir. <laughs> Good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, again, uh, we also have – I forgot to mention something here. You're also a recipient of the Republican Senatorial Medal two times. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess I've always been in the wrong place at the right time, so uh, <laughs> they keep giving me stuff. <laughs> All right. Rick, you know, I looked over the, the Vets360.org, and, and it's a phenomenal site you have there. And I really like that uh, uh, one quote you have. It says, asking for help is not a sign of weakness or an inability to cope. It's a sign of strength, which is very, very true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, these young men and women, while they're in the service, are, are really taught through uh, peer pressure to not reach out for support uh, if they are having struggles with um, combat trauma. And a lot of them take that uh, with them when they join civilian life. And that, um, you know, that really perpetuates isolation and despondency and feeling like they've got no support when there's a lot of good people out there who can support them and who are willing to support them, but they, they have to open the door. And if we can get them to open the door, we can walk through it with them and uh, and help them um, on the road to recovery. So that's phenomenal, Linda. You want to go ahead and start this uh, interview? Sure, I'd be glad to. I think one of the things that interested me so much about their mission, that's 360's mission, is that they're focusing on the youngest of the veterans, those that enlisted very early or joined very early, who really haven't known anything but war since their young years, come back from war, and everything has changed. I believe that when Rick and I spoke another time, these young people have spent a disproportionate time in the combat zone. So coming home, they need to relearn how to fit into the community. So uh, this particular cohort of individuals is very much at risk. And maybe, Rick, you can start off with um, how they come back, how they start to re-enter, and how your organization really makes a difference in how they can cope uh, with the vast changes that they're experiencing. Mm, yeah, it's... Um... You know, it doesn't take a genius uh, to, to, you know, to evaluate the situation that they're in. Um, you just go back a couple of steps. If you go back to their high school years, um, maybe they had a family life that wasn't ideal. Maybe they lived in um, a part of the country that they didn't want to live in anymore. Maybe they just wanted to serve. Uh, maybe their educational background um, didn't... Uh, you know, wasn't a fit for them to go to college. So there's numerous reasons why they might have joined the military. Um, they joined straight from high school, so straight from Mama's apron, straight to the sergeant majors. And, um, you know, we love our sergeant majors, but uh, we know it's a little different than mum. They then go into uh, the same kind of process. They get segmented into different skills, and if they come from that background, a lot of them would have been um, sent into a kind of an infantry MOS or an infantry-type specialty, which means that in, in the last 10 years, they would have been put into a combat zone, uh, often on more than one occasion. Um, of course, when we draw down, the government is very adept at... Um, reducing force size when they need to, and uh, invariably the first group to go is going to be a lot of our combat veterans and also, you know, National Guard and Reserves. So 
we have a lot of these young men and women who are leaving the service after short-term military service, four to six years, maybe eight years, um, who have spent a disproportionate amount of time in the combat zone. Now, all of a sudden, they've lost everything. They've lost their They've lost their buddies, they've lost their structure, they've lost uh, the direction that they have each and every day, and um, they're now civilians. So I like to tell people that they're like 24, 28-year-old high school kids as as it relates to civilian life. Um, Everything from paying bills and um, financial management, uh, how to interact with civilians, uh, there's a lot of challenges for them. And um, you throw in an unhealthy dose of combat trauma on top of that, and we've got a perfect storm for despondency and, and eventual suicide. Absolutely. Rick, as your group takes on uh, a, a new group of vets, uh, what is your process for evaluating, um, putting them into the right classes? I particularly perked up when I hear you talk about financial literacy. Because, as you mentioned, you go straight from home into the military. Combat pay is an issue. You come home, things are different. You can't find a job. How do you first address how they begin to translate uh, in, from their MOS to a civilian job? Um, how to interview all the basics, even communication out of the military culture. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, uh, Dale Dyer, the actor who's, who's an advocate for us, uh, he summed it up in just a, an informal conversation. He said that we've, we don't tell them that combat's easy. Um, we've got to stop telling them that civilian life is. And I, I think that there's different presentations to different folks when they come out of the military. And I think the presentation to uh, you know an Air Force avionics technician um, needs to be different than the one to a you know scout sniper. Um, so I think the first thing we need to do, we need to start being honest with these guys. Um, and I say guys when I mean men and women. Um, and we've got to really set up what the challenges are that they are going to have. We have to tell them the truth. Um, we have to tell them uh, everything from um, keeping hold of their money, keeping hold of their GI Bill until they start identifying what they want to do. So that's the start of our process. Uh, the start is that they, they apply on our website and they open the door. And if they open the door, then we do everything we can to um, get them into our process. Um, the, the bottom underlying uh, message is that if you, if you give us the opportunity, we will support you and we will advise you and we will set you on the road to meaningful employment. The statistics will show that an employed veteran with um, money in the bank, a meaningful job, and a supportive family is less likely to take their own lives than an unemployed, with no money, despondent young veteran. So we start that process very early. And uh, we do have a PTS um, uh program evaluation to judge uh, the impact that combat trauma might be having on them. And we also have a pretty detailed evaluation, which is used by the EDD, to determine what they might want to do in the future. That uh, we start looking at 
their personality match. We look at what skills they have in the military, how they translate to different careers. So that we start steering them and educating them about different careers that that uh, are more of a match for them. I have one young veteran who has four degrees, all gained wow. all gained through the sit at home uh, online process and he's used all his GI Bill benefits and he has no job um, because they're told they're very vulnerable. They are told that you do this, you do that, you will get a big job, you will make lots of money. Um, but people like myself and Jim, we know in the real world that's not the case. Um, and uh, just because you have a degree from phoenix.edu in business administration doesn't mean you're going to go out and get a job in business administration because um, in this economy, there's tens of thousands of people with other degrees who have experience, and they are also not carrying around um, combat trauma. So, right. you know, be, being honest, I think, is probably the short answer to that very long. <laughs> very no, long but I think but what you're saying is critical because one of the things we hear from dealing with the families of vets, young, uh, from parents, from spouses, etc., is that people are not treating them normally. And what they truly want is to be treated normally, told the truth, have their expectations set, because otherwise they're being set up for expectation that will be disappointing. And that's a problem. So, um, Jim, what has your experience been with, where do you fit into this um, wonderful program? Well, I think that's a great question. Uh, I know one of the problems I had, and I'm going to get a little personal here for a second. Uh, when I first came back uh, from my first overseas tour, um, I had a lot of uh, issues when I, I did my first uh, active duty stint. It was four years, as Rick was mentioning. Uh, I came in uh, basically one semester out of high school uh, and then uh, went over, and this was right at the end of the Vietnam War, and, and then I came back, and I had some significant issues. Uh, uh, my first year back, uh, when I wasn't unemployed, I was being fired. Uh, I went through 13 jobs in my first year because wow. I was just so far over the line with uh, all the issues that I was trying to deal with that I, uh, I, I was having a very tough time. I had uh, uh, family issues uh, that didn't work out well. I had uh, work issues that didn't work out well. And I was uh, actually homeless for a little while, so um, uh, I had uh, some significant things to work through when I first got back. And I don't see that it's changed that much for the young guys that are guys and gals, both that are coming back now. One of the things that I had to do was to uh, to get some sort of assistance, and I did not go. I did go to the to official uh, counseling for one session found out that that wasn't for me, and I left. Um, and uh, the only thing that got me through that, believe it or not, was peer support. Mm -hmm. um, I had peer support from some of my fellow uh, Marines, and I was able to um, uh, actually go back into the reserve and ended up going back in through uh, the Gulf War and Bosnia and Kosovo, and I got called back again for uh, Enduring Freedom. And, and so basically... Uh, uh, multiple combat tours, and every single time I got out and came back, uh, I went through the same issues, um, well, not the homeless, homelessness and no job, because by then I was established and had a job. But what really got me through all of it, again, was the peer support. Now, this organization, if you look at the, uh, the organizational structure on the website, you'll see that 
everyone from Admiral Simons, who's our, our chairman of the board, uh, to the uh, to basically all of the folks who are working on this um, are combat veterans. We're not uh, some folks that learn some theory and try to treat young uh, men and women that are coming out of combat without some understanding of what it is. Right. Um, and I know my last tour uh, as a sergeant major of Marine Forces Pacific, um, when I was sitting there at my desk and the first casualty letter started coming across the, uh, the desk, it was horrendous. It, it really got to me. So it just doesn't ever go away. It, it's there. Um, and, but it is manageable. You can do, like like Rick just mentioned, Dale Dye. He's one of our uh, advocates, uh, actor, author, Marine Corps combat uh, captain. Um, he has become a productive member of society, even with the combat trauma. I've become a, a very successful member of society, even with the combat trauma. So you learn to deal with it and work your way through it with peer support and good programs that can help you understand what you're going to go through, that can help you find the jobs that are out there and get the education needed to get those jobs and basically just give some peer support. You're, you're no. absolutely right. Peer support does seem to be the one thing that breaks through. Uh, you mentioned one thing that I was hoping we could get to today, so you opened the door when you talked about being in the reserves in Marfor Peck. The reserve and the guard returning have some different issues than the, I'll call it, big army um, groups. Can you speak a little bit to if you tailor the program at all to those who are our citizen soldiers um, who are coming back to a slightly different understanding where they have jobs, but they may not be able to do those jobs anymore or they need to change. There's some issues there or the job may not exist anymore. No, there are some, still some very significant issues. In fact, I was just down at Headquarters Marine Corps talking to uh, Sergeant Major down there in charge of some programs that, uh, that impact this, and I've also talked to, at the, uh, the Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff Office uh, uh, about these very issues, about how they can connect with the Guard and Reserve. There are some very uh, solid programs. The, the, the uh, military has learned over the years about how difficult it is for these young combat veterans coming back, and they've actually implemented a lot of uh, good programs tied into a lot of the good programs that the Veterans Affairs, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs has put together. But invariably, you look at the support programs, you look at these these programs, which, by the way, still are not enough. We still need to capture them as they're coming out. But the Guard and Reserve are not hooked into a lot of these programs because you come from a location that is not on a military base. Your family is not on a military base and has no support while you're gone. I can tell you my wife uh, uh, had some difficult times when I moved her and put her down in the middle of El Centro, California, where I was a Border Patrol agent with a 7-year-old son and no family or support, and then all of a sudden I was gone for a year, and she's sitting there in the middle of the desert with no support and no connectivity. So those issues wow. still exist for the families. Absolutely. But for the returning, the returning service member also, um, they're in a rush to get you off of active duty as quickly as possible and back to, back to your job uh, okay. and as they downsize or as they bring you back. So um, uh, many times you're out the door pretty quickly and back to your job with no real way to reconnect with any support mechanisms, and they are particularly at risk. All right. I'm so, I'm Jim, so glad Jim, you mentioned that. Jim, if you can hold that. on 
Right. We, we do have to take a short break. And everybody keep that thought, okay? And uh, uh, again, I just want to make sure that if you have a business and you're using a merchant account, be sure to check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. Of course, that's only if you want to save money. And we're going to hear more from our guests as soon as we return. You're, uh, my name is Gary Ray, along with Linda Crater. We're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You've got your family and you need to keep talking and you need to keep understanding and look into yourself, who you are, what kind of person you want to be. What would be the one most simple advice you would give to a healing agoraphobic? I don't know if it's a panic attack or whatever it is. It's happening very frequently. I don't have to be in any place where there's no air. It can happen even on the road. People get over things. You can't look back. You've got to look forward and learn something from your past. Join Dr. Raymond Hamden in the psychologist chair every Tuesday at 9 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And again, you know how important uh, Vets360.org is. So be sure to visit their site. Check out what they have. And um, by the way, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, you can email them, and also you can email us, and we'll get that word to them at uh, AmericanHeroNetwork at gmail.com. All right. Now, Rick, let me ask you, as far as our vets, uh, the, our young vets, are they aware of our um, their medical benefits? Uh, uh, did you want to extend the show by another hour? <laughs> um, That's what I was afraid of because the yeah, let, of me, time, let me jump in right quick. This know. is Jim. Uh, I can tell you no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for giving me the short answer, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I have. Um, I have a veteran recently who um, is down to his uh, his last dime. Uh, we've just got him transitional housing, and as we started talking to him. He had not even applied for unemployment benefits, which was uh, about $400 a week. Um, The TAPS program that they go into uh, where they get all this education is because that grumpy old sergeant major like Jim is standing there. You will go to this (laughs) class. It is mandatory, and you will go, and you will listen. And I have been to these classes, and I've seen these young men with their heads on the table and texting, and uh, if you were even sleeping, Um, they don't want it at that point. They don't want to learn, especially our young grunts. 
Um, I went to the trash can outside. It was full to the brim, a big, good old-fashioned military trash can with all the brochures that they got inside this meeting. Um, I did have a two-star general tell me that he thought TAPS was a waste of time with the caveat that TAPS, uh, the, the education program that they get, would be much more beneficial to them if we did it two months after they separated from service. And I agree with him. Um, that's when the pain starts hitting and they, they realize that they need to start listening to this stuff. Um, so uh, we have, as part of our program, we have a, a day where we have two specialists who are going to come in, uh, one from uh, employment and one from VA, um, and we are all going to sit in a classroom with internet and laptops, and we are all going to log in, and he is going to work diligently during that day, and it will be a full day to make sure that when our, our I call them my lads, it's a British euphemism, but it's men and women, when they leave, that they have got their uh, benefits lined up, they've got their unemployment benefits uh, all taken care of. It's a critical component. That's, that's unbelievable. Now, also, uh, Jim, you were, you're in the National Outreach Program. Correct. Uh, I'm actually uh, national outreach for Veterans 360 as the uh, vice chairman of the board. Um, uh, because of uh, the command structure that I was in in the Marine Corps, which uh, Mar 4 Pack is the senior combatant command in the Marine Corps, and because on the civilian side I was a senior executive in the, in the federal government, uh, and I'm a businessman and a former congressional candidate, so. With all of that, I have a lot of reach uh, into various areas. So Rick appropriately tapped me and said, go forth and, and bring in good people. Uh, so national outreach is is me reaching out to uh, everyone across the country from the Hill to, to uh, corporate business to everywhere I can reach to explain to them the, the, uh, the at-risk folks that are in that are available for this program and, and ask them to help us ask them to come over and and sponsor to uh, to put their name on something to to identify this program as one that that they support and for us to reach out into the veteran communities and identify and and the and the civilian communities where all these uh, reserve and, and uh, national guard go back to identify the at-risk folks and see if we can help get them into the program so that's basically what national outreach means but i have to tell you everybody on the board is doing the same thing we're all reaching everywhere we can trying to get the word out because one life saved makes it all worthwhile absolutely and Jim, I was going to say that that's a good segue, if if it's okay with you guys, for us to talk about what support means for us. Um, obviously, there's there's financial support. Uh, everybody needs financial support, but there's a lot more to it than that. As far as uh, from our position, we have a lot of really sharp people out there in different communities who can volunteer time. They can volunteer time to educate uh, squad members. There's people out there who can volunteer to take our program over in Boise, Idaho, or San Antonio, Texas, or um, to be our you know, local area directors. Uh, there's corporations who out there that I would love to have the opportunity to shame them and to start thinking about not all the veterans that they've employed, you know, the, the ones who line up for those avionics techs or those senior officers, but maybe start thinking that these young men and women, these, these infantry MOS folks are valuable people to hire. And 
if they open the door, we'll train them and we'll educate them and we'll get them in vocational training they need. So support can come in many ways. Um, the key thing that we want to ask for support is don't look at us and sort of say, hey, we'll wait a year and see how you guys do. Be part of the solution. If we wait for government to do this, we're going to have uh, more veteran suicides than we can possibly imagine. So this has to take precedence. This has to get people fired up now, not fired up once we've done it and once we've um, shown the proof of concept. People need to step up and sort of say, hey, this is what I bring to the table to help this demographic. And I have boundless energies, and if somebody says, I want to start this up in a small town that's you know, maybe Fort Bend in you know, Georgia, um, then I'm willing to spend the time with them to educate them about the program and what they can do to start the same program in their communities. So the key thing is connections. Um, Reach out to us. Uh, connect us to somebody who may have an affinity or a philanthropic uh, um, desire to help these young veterans. Um, their money will not go to waste. We run a very tight ship here. Uh, we have uh, we bootstrap, we Velcro, we superglue. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah, we we run a very tight ship here. So um, help and advice. A lot of people out there, we, we have some amazing people. Uh, Tom Wolf just joins our team. He wrote a book on veterans transition. We have medical people who really understand the impacts of combat trauma. We have employers. We have uh, educators. Um, step up. Offer your services. Offer your expertise. Um, and we, we will put it to good use. Trust me. And you do have a list right on your site as, of, as far as the volunteers, what type of volunteers you're looking for, yeah, those which are is local, pretty nice. But, um, you know, those are local ones because as we expand, uh, there's an there's a organization called volunteermatch.org, which I wish I had found a year ago. It's a great venue to get volunteers, and we're, we're having some great volunteers coming in who are, are proven to be invaluable. So, um, again, you just step up. Because we will save some lives if we can, if we do this and we continue to do it and we expand, we will save lives, which is is the the bottom line. That's true. Again, what's your site? Give us your site address. It's uh, vets360.org. V-E-T-S three six zero dot org. Um, my name uh, my name is Rick Collins. Uh, my email is Rick at vets360.org. Um, emails will always get replied to. So if anybody wants to contact me directly, um, or there's a contact page on our site, um, if they want to see what we've been up to the last week, they can go to our blog on the site and see what we did um, up in Hollywood and what we did with some uh, a group on uh, off-roading. So it's a great way to kind of get a feel for what we're doing. All right. You know, I saw that uh, those pictures of the Jeeps. Uh, uh, it looks like you had a really good time out there. Well, yeah, and if you've got a second, that was a very good, it was a very educational day because uh, we had two of our, um, our, our combat participants who were really struggling with PTS. Um, they didn't go that day. And we went um, off-roading out in Borrego Springs, and as we were going, as we were setting off, I thought, I'm glad they're not here. Right. Because I think it would have been a huge challenge for them because 
it looked and felt like I would imagine that it would look like in Iraq and Afghanistan, and it could have been a serious trigger for them. Um, it was dusty. It was convoy. There was high escarpments. There was a wadi. Um, I could imagine them seeing IEDs everywhere. So um, it was a good educational process. But the people we worked with, we said, this might not work in this desert environment. And they said, well, not a problem. We'll do the next one. We'll do that in Big Bear where there's trees and there's uh, there's a beautiful lake, and we'll camp overnight. And so people are very willing to understand this group um, if you present the challenges that they have to them in an honest fashion. And we need to we need to flow that downhill to the veterans that don't come to an event like that and, and you know, feel like, you know, you can't express your opinions um, and talk to people about it. If you talk to people, they will understand. Um, I have a friend who's a Silver Star recipient who said, if you do not suffer from combat trauma... You were never in combat. And I always go back to that line because everybody who served in combat are going to struggle in some way, shape, or form. It may be, uh, you know, a drinking problem all the way through to suicide. They're going to struggle. And if we educate them about what's coming, they're going to be a lot better empowered to deal with it. Excellent job, Ben. Uh, I think the message to take away is be part of the solution. Vet360 is accomplishing a great deal with very little. They need support. And please look them up. Um, Take a look at what you can provide to them. Again, it's vets360.org. And it's been a pleasure talking to both of you today. Thank you. Well, I reckon, Jim, uh, we have about two minutes. So is there any last words you would like to get out there and, and let everybody make everybody aware of what you're doing? Um, I, I, you know, for me, it is just the opportunity to, to share what we do. Um, uh, that's why we appreciate it. I, I could do this a hundred times a week. Um, we have to, as a society, we have to address these young combat veterans. And if we don't spend a dollar today, we know we're going to be spending hundreds of millions of dollars in the future um, in uh, programs and suicide prevention. So, you know, let's change the dynamic. Let's, let's educate today, and then we don't have to cure later. That's right. Jim, do you have anything? No, I just appreciate you having us on here. This is a, 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 I wish I'd had something like this when I first came back, and I can't wait for other young uh, uh, veterans, male and female, to, to hear about this and, and come and join. All right. Well, our show is coming to a close, and I would like to thank Rick Collins and Sergeant Major uh, Jim Kiken for taking their time out of their busy schedule to tell us about how they're helping our young veterans in transition through vets360.org. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, Linda. You're so Linda, welcome. Linda, do you have any closing remarks? No, just I'm delighted that we were able to have this interview today and go find it on iTunes and listen to it again because it's valuable. Definitely, definitely. This is Gary Ray and Linda Crater signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And again, you know how important uh, Vets360.org is. So be sure to visit their site, check out what they have. And um, by the way, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, you can email them. And also you can email us, and we'll get that word to them at uh, AmericanHeroNetwork at gmail.com. All right. Now, Rick, let me ask you, as far as our vets, uh, the, our young vets, are they aware of our um, their medical benefits? Uh, uh, did you want to extend the show by another hour? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I was afraid of because the yeah, let, of time, me, let me jump in right quick. You know? This is Jim. Uh, I can tell you no. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for giving me the short answer, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I have um, I have a veteran recently who um, is down to his uh, his last dime. We've just got him transitional housing, and as we started talking to him, he had not even applied for unemployment benefits, which was uh, about four hundred dollars a week. Wow. Um, the TAPS program that they go into, uh, where they get all this education, is because that grumpy old sergeant major like Jim is standing there, you will go to this <laughs> class, it is mandatory, and you will go and you will listen. And I have been to these classes, and I've seen these young men with their heads on the table and texting, and uh, if you were even sleeping. Um, they don't want it at that point. They don't want to learn, especially our young grunts. Um, I went to the trash can outside. It was full to the brim, a big, good old-fashioned military trash can with all the brochures that they got inside this meeting. Um, I did have a two-star general tell me that he thought TAPS was a waste of time with the caveat that TAPS, uh, the, the education program that they get, would be much more beneficial to them if we did it two months after they separated from service. And I agree with him. Um, that's when the pain starts hitting and they, they realize that they need to start listening to this stuff. 
Um, so uh, we have, as part of our program, we have a, a day where we have two specialists who are going to come in, uh, one from uh, employment and one from um, VA, and we are all going to sit in a classroom with Internet and laptops, and we are all going to log in, and he is going to work diligently during that day, and it will be a full day to make sure that when our, our I call them my lads, it's a British euphemism, but it's men and women, when they leave, that they have got their uh, benefits lined up, they've got their unemployment benefits uh, all taken care of. It's a critical component. Wow. That's that's unbelievable. Now, also, uh, Jim, you were, you're in the National Outreach Program, correct? Uh, I'm actually uh, National Outreach for Veterans 360 as the uh, vice chairman of the board. Um, uh, because of uh, the command structure that I was in in the Marine Corps, which uh, Mar 4 PAC is the senior combatant command in the Marine Corps, and because on the civilian side I was a senior executive in the, in the federal government, uh, and I'm a businessman and a former congressional candidate. So with all of that, I have a lot of reach uh, into various areas. So Rick appropriately tapped me and said, go forth and, and bring in good people. Uh, so national outreach is is me reaching out to uh, everyone across the country from the Hill to to uh, corporate business to everywhere I can reach to explain to them the the, uh, the at risk folks that are in that are available for this program and, and ask them to help us ask them to come over and and sponsor to uh, to put their name on something to to identify this program as one that that they support and for us to reach out into the veteran communities and identify and, and, the, and the civilian communities where all these uh, reserve and, and uh, National Guard go back to, identify the at-risk folks and see if we can help get them into the program. So that's basically what national outreach means. But I have to tell you, everybody on the board is doing the same thing. We're all reaching everywhere we can, trying to get the word out, because one life saved makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. And, Jim, I was going to say that that's a good segue, if, if it's okay with you guys, for us to talk about what support means for us. Um, obviously, there's, there's financial support. Uh, everybody needs financial support. But there's a lot more to it than that as far as from our position. We have a lot of really sharp people out there in different communities who can volunteer time. They can volunteer time to educate uh, squad members. There's people out there who can volunteer to take our program over in Boise, Idaho, or San Antonio, Texas, or um, to be our you know local area directors. Uh, there's corporations who are out there that I would love to have the opportunity to shame them and to start thinking about not all the veterans that they've employed, you know, the the ones who line up for those avionics techs or those senior officers, but maybe start thinking that these young men and women, these, these infantry MOS folks, are valuable people to hire. And if they open the door, we'll train them and we'll educate them and we'll get them the vocational training they need. So support can come in many ways. Um, the key thing that we want to ask for support is don't look at us and sort of say, hey, We'll wait a year and see how you guys do. Be part of the solution. If we wait for government to do this, we're going to have uh, more veteran suicides than we can possibly imagine. So this has to take 
precedence. This has to get people fired up now, not fired up once we've done it and once we've um, shown the proof of concept. People need to step up and sort of say, hey, this is what I bring to the table to help this demographic. And I have boundless energies, and if somebody says, I want to start this up in a small town that's you know, maybe Fort Bend in you know, Georgia, um, then I'm willing to spend the time with them to educate them about the program and what they can do to start the same program in their communities. So the key thing is connections. Um, Reach out to us. Uh, connect us to somebody who may have an affinity or a philanthropic uh, um, desire to help these young veterans. Um, their money will not go to waste. We run a very tight ship here. Uh, we have uh, we bootstrap, we velcro, we superglue. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah, we we run a very tight ship here. So um, help and advice. A lot of people out there, we, we have some amazing people. Uh, Tom Wolf just joins our team. He wrote a book on veterans transition. We have medical people who really understand the impacts of combat trauma. We have employers. We have uh, educators. Um, step up. Offer your services. Offer your expertise. Um, and we, we will put it to good use. Trust me. And you do have a list right on your site as, of, as far as the volunteers, what type of volunteers you're looking for. Yeah, those Which are is local, pretty nice. but um, you know those are local ones because as we expand, uh, there's a there's an organization called VolunteerMatch.org, which I wish I had found a year ago. It's a great venue to get volunteers, and we're, we're having some great volunteers coming in who are, are proven to be invaluable. So, um, again, you just step up because we will save some lives if we can, if we do this and we continue to do it and we expand. We will save lives, which is, is the, the bottom line. That's true. Again, what's your site? Give us your site address. It's uh, vets360.org, B-E-T-S-360.org. Um, my, name, uh, my name is Rick Collins. Uh, my email is rick at vets360.org. Um, emails will always get replied to. So if anybody wants to contact me directly um, or there's a contact page on our site, um, if they want to see what we've been up to the last week, they can go to our blog on the site and see what we did um, up in Hollywood and what we did with some uh, a group on uh, off-roading. So it's a great way to kind of get a feel for what we're doing. All right. You know, I saw that uh, those pictures of the Jeeps. Uh, uh, it looks like you had a really good time out there. Well, yeah, and if you've got a second, that was a very good – it was a very educational day because – uh, we had t two of our, um, our, our combat participants who were really struggling with PTS. Um, they didn't go that day. And we went um, off-roading out in Borrego Springs, and as we were going, as we were setting off, I thought, I'm glad they're not here. Right. Because I think it would have been a huge challenge for them because it looked and felt like I would imagine that it would look like in Iraq and Afghanistan and it could have been a serious trigger for them. Um, it was dusty. It was convoy. There was high escarpments. There was a wadi. Um, I could imagine them seeing IEDs everywhere. So um, it was a good educational process. But the people we worked with, we said, this might not work in this desert environment. 
And they said, well, not a problem. We'll do the next one. We'll do that in Big Bear where there's trees and there's uh, this beautiful lake, and we'll camp overnight. And so people are very willing to understand this group um, if you present the challenges that they have to them in an honest fashion. And we need to we need to flow that downhill to the veterans that don't come to an event like that and, and you know feel like you know you can't express your opinions um, and talk to people about it. If you talk to people, they will understand. Um, I have a friend who's a Silver Star recipient who said, "If you do not suffer from combat trauma, you were never in combat." And I always go back to that line because everybody who served in combat are going to struggle in some way, shape, or form. It may be, uh, you know, a drinking problem all the way through to suicide. They're going to struggle. And if we educate them about what's coming, they're going to be a lot better empowered to deal with it. Excellent job, Ben. Uh, I think the message to take away is be part of the solution. Vet360 is accomplishing a great deal with very little. They need support, and please look them up. Um, Take a look at what you can provide to them. Again, it's vets360.org, and it's been a pleasure talking to both of you today. Thank you. Well, I reckon, Jim, uh, we have about two minutes, so is there any last words you would like to get out there and and let everybody make everybody aware of what you're doing? Um, I, I, you know, for me, it is just the opportunity to, to share what we do. Um, uh, that's why we appreciate it. I, I could do this a hundred times a week. Um, we have to, as a society, we have to address these young combat veterans. And if we don't spend a dollar today, we know we're going to be spending hundreds of millions of dollars in the future um, in uh, programs and suicide prevention. So, you know, let's change the dynamic. Let's let's educate today, and then we don't have to cure later. That's right. Jim, do you have anything? No, I just appreciate you having us on here. This is a, 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 I wish I'd had something like this when I first came back, and I can't wait for other young uh, uh, veterans, male and female, to, to hear about this and, and come and join. All right. Well, our show is coming to a close, and I would like to thank Rick Collins and Sergeant Major uh, Jim Kiken for taking their time out of their busy schedule to tell us about how they're helping our young veterans in transition through Vets360.org. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, thank thank you, you guys. Thank you, Linda. You're so welcome. Linda, do you have any closing remarks? No, just I'm delighted that we were able to have this interview today and go find it on iTunes and listen to it again because it's valuable. Definitely, definitely. This is Gary Ray and Linda Crater signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 